Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Tyson Dibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors we have joining us this day. And of course, we also give thanks for the gift of music and for the gift of our midweek school children as they're sharing that gift of music with us to the glory of God. It is now the 24th Sunday after Trinity, and if you're keeping count, next week is the last Sunday of the church year. So we're very nearing uh, that time where we will be celebrating a new year in the church year. Um, but as we look to our service proper this day, I'll turn your attention to the back of your bulletin, where we find that Focused on Christ section, a summary of today's readings, and that is on the inside of the back cover of your bulletin, where we hear the following. A shroud of darkness engulfs us. Sin, death, and disease threaten to sever us from life's fullest measure. Without new life in Christ Jesus, there would be no light to dissipate, dispel, or curb grief and sadness. But Jesus has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, delivering us from the dark domain. I have put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand. You are my people, we hear from Isaiah 51 this day. The presence of Christ in word, wine, bread, and water confronts our sinful nature with forgiveness. In the sacraments, God claims us to be his very own children, creating and sustaining our faith. So then in Christ, we humbly receive the words, your faith has made you well. On the last day, God will surely awaken us also from slumber in resurrection glory. Our service this day is the service of matins. And uh, Patsy will be giving us the opening notes for our hymns and for the liturgy as well. We now sing the first hymn. The Old Testament reading for the 24th Sunday after Trinity is from Isaiah chapter 51. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in days of old, the generations of long ago. Was it not you who cut Rahab in pieces that pierced the dragon? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a way for the redeemed to pass over? And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies, of the son of man who is made like grass, and have forgotten the Lord your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, and you fear continually all the day because of the wrath of the oppressor, when he sets himself to destroy? And where is the wrath of the oppressor? He who is bowed down shall speedily be released. He shall not die and go down to the pit, neither shall his bread be lacking. I am the Lord your God, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name, and I have put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand, establishing the heavens and laying the foundations of the earth and saying to Zion, you are my people. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from Colossians. Chapter 1. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might 
for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. While Jesus was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went throughout all that district. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text this day is from the Gospel lesson, Matthew chapter 9, verses 23 to 26. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went throughout all that district. Well, dear saints in Christ, it is a sobering truth, but we are all going to die. Now, we often like to avoid this fact, but we really would do much better to just face it head on. As a hymn from the 14th century confesses so clearly, in the midst of life, we are in death. Those words are part of the committal service conducted at the graveside of a departed saint. We are, to borrow a phrase, dead men walking. If that seems dark, it may be helpful to know that Martin Luther referred to his earthly body as a poor, stinking bag of maggots. Now, while this jarring imagery and talk about death, well, in a world filled with so much unbiblical nonsense concerning death, the truth is a breath of fresh air. And the truth is this. Every day is another step closer to the grave. However, for Christians, those in Christ, every step closer to the grave is another step closer to the resurrection from the grave, another step closer to paradise. We live in a world that loves to fill the air with countless words about this, that, and the other thing, and so often what the world around us obsesses over proves meaningless in light of eternity. It's a whole lot of white noise and static. In an effort to spite that way of thinking and speaking, I'll get straight to the point this morning and speak of Christ crucified for you. For you, God's baptized saints, the grave is a bed from which Christ will awaken you. You close your eyes in temporal death, that is, earthly death, and the next thing you know, you open them to Jesus and to the promised inheritance of eternal life. 
You see, you are a new creation in Christ, made whole in him who is the first fruits from the dead. Christ Jesus is your sure and certain hope in the face of both sickness and death. And we see this in the gospel today where we meet two different women, one who is alive and one who is dead. Both are in need of hope and life, which can only come from Jesus. The living woman in the gospel, she suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 long years. Now, as long as this may seem to suffer with such an ailment, this is really not unfamiliar to us. Many of you are well acquainted with long-term suffering, whether it be your suffering or that of a loved one. Doctors and treatments, they were of no help to this poor woman, and perhaps the same is true for you. The 12 years that this woman suffered is certainly long enough to feel hopeless and to begin to despair. However, all her years of suffering, discomfort, and frustration, they ended with Jesus. The woman said to herself, if only I touch his garment, I will be made well. Now, dear saints, how did she know this to be true? And the answer is actually quite simple. Faith. Faith. You see, at some point, this dear woman had heard Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, she believed in him. She believed he could heal her. Such is the miracle of faith in the living word of God which brings it. However, there's a contrast between this woman who had been suffering for 12 years and Jairus, who is the ruler of the synagogue, who came and knelt before Jesus, asking him to raise his daughter from death. You see, Jairus, he comes right up to Jesus face to face with his request. He knelt before him and he just laid it out there. The woman, however, seemingly, well, sneaks up on Jesus, so to speak, from behind. Though this act of the woman may seem deceitful or impolite at first glance, I really think we need to be charitable to this dear sister in Christ. I mean, think of her plight. After her many years of suffering, she was no doubt desperate, as any one of us would have been. The way in which she approached Jesus teaches us that it doesn't really matter how you approach the Lord. He is willing to help those who are suffering, those who cling to him in faith. Hers was a prayer made without audible words. An act of faith and trust in Christ communicated by bodily action and not by spoken word. And of course, the Lord knew what was going to happen. And he knew what her wants and needs were. And he was there. St. Matthew tells us, Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said to her, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And instantly, from that hour, the woman was made well. It was faith that led the woman to touch Jesus' garment, faith in Christ's trustworthy word, faith in Christ who heals both body and soul. And the same Christ, he is your hope of healing in both body and soul, for he is the great physician and healer of every dread disease, including death. Now, as I mentioned before, it's easy to view the woman's actions as deceitful or impolite. However, it is far worse to never go to Jesus at all with your petitions and requests, whether it be for healing or any other need you may experience, or for that of your brother and sister in Christ, or neighbor for that matter. See, people can and do fool themselves into believing that God can be manipulated by prayer. Now, what I mean by that is this. It's, it's a way of false thinking, and the false thought goes like this. If I really pour on the fancy spiritual language or use just the right combinations of nouns and verbs and, you know, pious-sounding titles, God will be so impressed that he'll just have to give me what I want. Oh, Lord, have mercy upon us for this way of thinking. 
It's as if God was some kind of divine lock that could be picked with enough creative uh, language, with enough craftiness or ingenuity on our part, as though he's not willing to bless us, and so therefore we have to figure out a way to manipulate him. Now please understand, there is nothing wrong with long prayers. In addition, please understand that there's nothing wrong with sneaking up on Jesus in order to touch his garment, so to speak. Both are actions of faith, which cling to Christ's word and promises. Our Lord and Savior, he works in all kinds of ways. Now, for proof of this, you only need to read the Gospels and study the accounts of the many miracles that Christ did. There are all kinds of situations which you find there. The one thing that you'll find in all those miracles, though, is this. Christ Jesus is compassionate, and his desire is to help and to heal. Now, We've seen how the Lord Jesus is our certain hope when it comes to healing, but what about death? Well, that's where the other woman in this gospel lesson comes in. We cannot forget that Jesus was in the process of going to raise Jairus' daughter from death when the woman with the discharge of blood touched his garment. And when Jesus arrived at the ruler's house, we're told that there's a big commotion going on. There's flute players, there's mourners, all kinds of people, and the Lord simply and bluntly tells them, go away. For the girl is not dead, but sleeping. Think of how shocking and audacious this behavior would be at a funeral. I mean, this is the death of a 12-year-old girl, and she is being mourned in her family home, in her very bed. Then a man walks in and tells you, go away. For this girl isn't dead, she's just sleeping. Now, notice that Jesus is no respecter of social graces when he is on a mission for you. See, his motive was not to be snarky. His motive was to go to the girl and bring life from death, celebration from despair. The crowd who laughed at his matter-of-fact statement, well, they would soon be awestruck, and it would be Jesus who would get the last laugh. But when the crowd had been put outside, he, Jesus, went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. As simply as waking her from a light nap, Christ raises the young woman from death. This is no trouble for he who created all things in six days by the power of his spoken word. Jesus snatching life from death is simple. And dear saints, you should see in this a picture of your own resurrection. For on the last day, Christ will come to your grave and he will raise you from the sleep of death. You will awaken to Christ and eternal life in his promised paradise. Miracles such as this, they make unbelieving fools in this world laugh and they make scoffers scoff. They claim that there's just simply no way that a dead girl such as this, or even a dead man like Lazarus, could ever be raised from death to life. It's impossible, they say. Well, they were raised. It happened. It's historical fact. For the girl, it was a grasp of Jesus' hand, and for Lazarus, the spoken word of Jesus. You see, with man, this is impossible, but all things are possible with the Lord of life. In the epistle today, St. Paul, he exhorts us to give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In these words, we see both of the women from the gospel reading today. Now, the first woman had heard the word of Christ and believed she could be healed by simply touching his garment. The other young woman had a father who had faith that Jesus could raise her from death by simply the touch of a hand. And that's exactly what he did. 
Christ Jesus delivered her from the domain of darkness and transferred her to the kingdom of his light and his grace. Now, would the young lady again die someday? Yes, of course. Such was the case for all whom Christ raised from temporal death during his ministry. But she will also live again in the resurrection on the last day, as will all the saints. Both women are partakers in the inheritance promised for them from before the foundation of the world. Because of Jesus, this was their hope. And dear saints, this is your hope as well. You see, there's no guarantee that Jesus will walk into your hospital room or your sick room, take you by the hand, and heal you or a loved one from death. Christ is not present today in the same way that he was during his earthly ministry. That is, we cannot physically lay hold of his garment and live and be healed as the woman was. Still, there is hope, sure and certain hope in both illness and death because of Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected for you. You see, his promise to you and all his beloved saints is this. On the cross, Christ overcame sin, death, and the devil. He is risen and living, and he will wake you from the sleep of death in the last day and change your lowly body to be like his glorious resurrection body. You see, this is what so many pastors and theologians call the now and not yet of the gospel. You will awaken as from an afternoon nap and enter the new Jerusalem. The promise of the resurrection is yours. It was given to you in your baptism. It's yours now. However, Christ has not yet returned. To be certain, he will. As surely as Christ is risen from the dead, so you too shall rise with him. But the final fulfillment of all these things is in the future. For us, it has not happened yet. However, until that great and glorious last day, Christ Jesus, he gives us a foretaste of the feast to come, in his means of grace right now, in his word, in his blessed sacrament. You see, what all this boils down to is this. As baptized Christians, your grave is like that of the tomb of Christ. It is a place of temporary rest until the resurrection. For Christians, the reality of illness in this fallen world is that full healing comes in the risen and living Christ. It is he who will again make our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body on the day of resurrection. And so until that most blessed day, our song and our prayer is this. Our hands and feet, Lord, strengthen. With joy, our spirits bless. Until we see the ending of all our life's distress. And so throughout our lifetime, keep us within your care. And at our end, then bring us to heaven to praise you there. In the name of Jesus. Peace of God, which surpasses understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Stir up, O Lord, the wills of your faithful people, that they, plenteously bringing forth the fruit of good works, may by you be plenteously rewarded. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the church, Christ's bride, that he would lead her home to enter with all the company of the redeemed into his eternal wedding feast, let us pray to the Lord. For all God's baptized people, that they would be diligent as they watch for their Savior's appearing and be always prepared to meet him with joy, let us pray to the Lord. 
for those who lead our country and all who serve in our military, that the King of the nations would fill them with his wisdom and protect them in every danger. Let us pray to the Lord. For all in trying circumstances, the sick, the suffering, the dying, the mourning, especially your servants, Danny Tate, Ron Gibson, Bob Rash, Chuck Blichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that our God would comfort them with his divine promises and grant his healing peace until we are all gathered into his everlasting joy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For expectant mothers and their children, that they may safely come to the time of birth, and that the children may be brought to new birth in the waters of holy baptism, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who are celebrating wedding anniversaries, especially Daniel and Samantha Carpenter, we give thanks to God for the joy and blessing of marriage. O Lord, assist all married couples by your grace, that with true fidelity and steadfast love they may ever honor and keep their promises, grow in love toward you and for each other, and come at last to the eternal joys that you have prepared. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who commune this day, that the giver of the feast would grant them repentance and faith, and so receive his body and blood in a worthy manner, showing forth his praise in their lives. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we here remember the suffering and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands as our own high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. For to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, once again, good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. And well done on singing, as I can always count on you to be just so wonderful at that. Thanks be to God for the gift of music. A handful of announcements before we depart this morning. Uh, the flowers this morning are given in thanksgiving and glory to God for the anniversary of Daniel and Samantha Carpenter. Uh, and also then we have a, a parent meeting immediately following the service here. And this is for the upcoming Christmas program. It is to decide uh, the date of when that is going to occur. And parents will be gathering uh, in the auditorium uh, briefly. Sam uh, Cruzy will be leading that meeting for us here. Um, and we'll, we'll make that decision promptly. Looking ahead to this week's calendar, of course, today after service, Sunday school and Bible study. And then also tomorrow at uh, 1.30, the Esther Bible study. Uh, Wednesday brings our normal midweek activities with midweek school beginning at 3.30, 6 o'clock for the fitness class and 7 for choir practice. And then this Thursday at 7 p.m., uh, we'll be having the Trinity Women's Meeting. A special thank you again to the midweek school students for uh, uh, singing this day and adorning our worship. Uh, Thanksgiving cards are now so, are also now available on the card deck in the library. And uh, remember our Thanksgiving Eve service, and again, I'll stress that's Thanksgiving Eve service this year, uh, is on Wednesday the 24th at 7 p.m. And then, of course, we have Advent coming up right around the corner as next week is the last Sunday of the church year, uh, or in the church year. So please see the newsletter for more information on that. Um, we'll make sure to include a, a lengthier announcement next week. And then I do believe, I don't think I've forgotten anything. If I have, correct me. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Uh, we, we also have um, 
Part of the discussion in the Voters' Assembly this past week was taking up some proposed changes uh, to the cemetery rules and regulations, and the voters wanted to make sure that the whole congregation had a chance to look at the 1957 rules and then now the current proposed changes so that we can all discuss this as a congregation. It is, after all, the first proposed changes in 60 years, uh, so we do well to study that. You'll find copies of both the 57 rules and the 2021 proposed changes on the table back there and also on the glass case in the breezeway. So please get a copy of those, look them over thoroughly, and uh, communicate with the voters regarding your thoughts and opinions on those. Thank you, Ian. I do believe then that brings us to the last of our announcements. God's blessings to you. I'll greet you at the door.